Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. I'm your host, Adam Homie, and you are tuned into the right place if you are a business creator. Now, my business creator, we, they fall into four categories. You have your entrepreneurs, small business owners and local business owners, marketing and business coaches, folks who help others build their business and win at marketing, such as marketing and business coaches, virtual assistants, web designers, graphic designers, social media managers, anybody who helps others win at the game of marketing. And of course, do-it-yourselfers who run your own businesses. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment and explore our episodes and discover how our experts can help you win at business at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, please take a moment and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us spread our message. So for today's episode, I am especially honored to have with us a very special guest. His name is Jeff Ogden, and his topic is going to be how to become famous and meet really cool people. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Adam, and it's great to meet you, and I'm honored to appear on your show. Absolutely. We're quite honored to have you here. So just for those of you who are listening, let me just tell you a little bit about Jeff real quick. Jeff is an award-winning marketing expert who created and hosts the popular and widely syndicated show known as Marketing Made Simple TV. And on that show, he interviews the smartest people in business today. He also holds a degree in marketing from the University of Notre Dame. So what we're going to talk about today is, really, what is the key to becoming famous? How does one go about meeting top business experts? And what are some of the unexpected keys to success? And with Jeff here today, we're going to uncover some of this, and we're going to look at how you can boost your business in 2014. So before we dive in, Jeff, uh, let's take a step back and give our listeners a chance to get to know you a bit. Just tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to where you are today as an award winning marketing expert in your own words. Yeah, I would say, Adam, that, um, you know, for I'm not a young kid anymore, and for years and years I, I carried a bag and I sold and I sold and I sold. And one day I was in New York City having breakfast with uh, Jill Conrad. You may know Jill. She's a, a top sales expert. And I told her, yeah. you know, I thought that the world is changing to marketing. And I said, I wanted to transition. And, uh, she, and I thought, I kind of have an idea of starting a business. And uh, she said, basically, well, tell me how it will work. So it was really created on a napkin, believe it or not. And that's, that's where I made the transition. And then I really started focusing on marketing and learning and reading and studying. And uh, although my degree was in marketing, you know, I'd been doing sales. And so finally, right. I just got learned more and more and uh, started winning all these awards and yeah that, that's how I got where I am today yeah yeah short and sweet and I mean we all have our own stories about how we arrive at where we are that sometimes goes a little bit beyond the official bio and what I noticed in your story this seems like although I'm sure there were many events that led up to it there was a catalytic conversation you're meeting with Joel Conrath and how that sort of inspired you and sort of set you on the path to where you are today. I have one of those stories as well, and pretty much everybody I speak to has a story like that, where they met somebody, they found themselves sitting next to somebody at dinner, and the rest is history. So here at Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. And a lot of our listeners tell me that, really, in terms of implementing any marketing or business development strategies, they have everything except time and money. 
Now, do you see this as an issue for your clients and customers? Yeah, I see uh, so many people struggle with time and money, and the money is the hardest one to deal with, but I think time, there are some tricks and techniques to, to do it. For instance, one of my guests on the show was a person named Patty Azzarello, and she was a very senior executive, and a couple tips she had to help people recover time. One is, Adam, create a do-not-do list of things that you used to do, but you're just not going to do anymore. <laughs> So you can delegate them other, to other people, and you can, uh, but just make up a list of things you just you're not going to do anymore. You're going to eliminate them from your calendar. Just you know, so start prioritizing and just only do the high priority things. One other suggestion she had, which I think is great, instead of scheduling 35 minute meet, or 30 minute meetings, schedule 25 minute meetings. Okay. Cut each meeting back by five minutes, and then you'll start to recover some time. So those are two little tricks that I learned from one of my guests. You know, you meet really cool people, you learn really cool things. You know, another thing, this just remind me of something here. When we're talking about, you know, if you have a 30-minute meeting, cutting it back to a 25-hour meeting, the 25-minute meeting, rather, I think that's absolutely brilliant. And I learned a long time ago from somebody who works in the automotive sales industry. He's been a car salesman. He's been a finance manager. He's been a business manager. He's actually managed a dealership. And one of the top strategies that he was taught, it was so simple, but yet it was so profound, was whenever you're scheduling somebody to come in and look at a car, whenever you're scheduling any meeting, always schedule it for quarter after the hour. So if, you know, instead of scheduling for 11, schedule it 11.15, because that makes it feel like you're really busy and you have a million things going on. And since people tend to think in half hour and hour increments, because you scheduled it a quarter after the hour, you're going to get either 15 or 45 minutes back. I like that idea. That's a great idea because it sounds yeah. very specific as opposed to just 11 o'clock or 1130. Right, right, right. Also, it also helps people be more punctual because they're going to say, wait a minute, 1115? You mean he's doing these things in 15-minute increments? Well, I better be right on time. So now you're not saying, hello, hello, where is everybody? Yeah, I think that's great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what I wanted to develop just a little bit further here is just this whole idea before we get into the, the main part of the interview. Uh, the people think that establishing thought leadership or becoming famous and meeting cool people is something that can cost you a small fortune. Is that really true? No, it doesn't. I tell you, Adam, it doesn't take money as much as it takes patience and smarts more than anything okay. else. Yeah. And those don't cost anything. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I'm going to lay it on the line here. I mean, we hear the concept of fame and becoming famous explained in so many different ways. Now, what do you, what do you, Jeff, say is the key to becoming famous? Well, I think, you know, Adam, it's really the key is getting your name out there. And I use an example. I'm doing some work with a young startup on the West Coast and helping them with marketing. And the head of sales said, you know, Jeff, I would really like to meet the, the senior vice president and chief marketing officer of General Electric. Boom, done. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, it's like I could pick up the phone and call, uh, you know, if you go to the marketingmadesimple.tv and look at the guest list on the show and look at all these people like Chris Brogan and Guy Kawasaki and, you know, and, and Scott Monty who runs social media worldwide for the Ford Motor Company and just these 
you know, incre- Daniel Pink, a New York Times bestselling author. I know all these people personally. <laughs> you know, right. I could reach out to any one of them. And to the, me, uh, a famous marketing expert once said to me, Jeff, you're not famous. You're not. You're not an expert when you say you are. You are. You're an expert when other people say you are. So you know the fact is, you know if you look at people like Johnny Carson and Jimmy Kimmel and everything, they get well known, but they don't do anything. All they do is talk to people, <laughs> and that's all I right. do. Right. And and to me, that's a pretty easy lifestyle. If you ask me, just just speaking to people, just building relationships, I'll tell you, that's a lot easier than doing web coding. That's a lot easier than agonizing for hours over coffee. And when you think think about it, I mean, isn't that really powerful? The key is just knowing people. Am I hearing that right? Just the idea is, you know, who you know and how you build your networks? I think you're absolutely right. And you're obviously very good at it too, Adam. It's just relaxing and having fun and talking to people. You know, It's, it's not that hard if you're passionate about what you do. Yeah, I started the Business Creators Radio Show about two months ago, and i got to tell you, this is like the most fun marketing exercise I have ever done because I get to meet some very interesting people, and there's a certain cachet about having a radio show or a TV show that I think is conducive to fame because regardless of whether you have 20 listeners or 20 million listeners, you have a pretty good chance that somebody's going to be willing to take a half hour or an hour out of their time to be on your online radio show or your online TV show or what have you, because now they get to say, I was on Marketing Made Simple TV. I was on the Business Creators Radio Show. So you sort of lend your cachet to them, and that helps to enhance your fame. At least that's what I found, you know, just in my own experience and also in terms of others who have done shows like what you and I do. I agree with you completely. People are just passionate. I mean, the the the, the the people who are on the show just become fans of the show, and it's just it's it's so exciting the way uh, the way it grows from that. Yeah, 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 and and again, there's sort of a cachet of you have a radio show or you have a TV show, and people look at that and they say, "Wow, this person's really going places. They're a host. People listen to them." Now, whether five people listen to you or five hundred people listen to you, the fact that people are listening to you means that another person's probably going to listen to you, which will build your network. And I found that when I introduced myself as the host of the Business Creators Radio Show, that suddenly doors open that before that might not have been open at all or might have been very difficult to pry open because otherwise my approach is something like, you know, let's do a teleseminar together and make money or let's do a joint venture or how can I help you in your business or vice versa? I mean, all that stuff is important, but I think what really opens doors is relationships. And so when I introduce myself as the host of the Business Creators Radio Show, people say, wow, you got a radio show? That's pretty cool. Tell me about that. Oh, absolutely. And I even took it to an even higher degree, Adam. I always wear a hat on the show. I bought a big name tag, which says Marketing Made Simple TV on it. When I go to an event, I wear my hat and my name tag. When I go to a conference, they offer to give you a name tag. I say, I already have one. I don't look like anyone else in the entire meeting. And everyone says, who is this guy? And they see my name tag. It's like, you have a TV show? And you become just a rock star. I went to an event, Jeffrey Hazlett, who's a celebrity CMO, and he's got a TV show on Bloomberg TV called C-Suite. I went to his premiere party. 
and I went in my hat and my name tag. And it's like I was as popular as Jeff was at this event. It was pretty amazing because <laughs> it was branding too. You know, you create a, you create a persona for your show, and, and it just can carry you so far. Right. Funny thing about hats, and we can talk a little bit more about this a little bit later in our conversation here, but I have a friend who's a rock star, and I go to his shows a lot of times, and there was this one time that he wanted to see me in the audience. So uh, I knew he was up on stage, and he had about a 1,000 or so people in the concert. And how is he going to spot me, whether I'm in the front row, the third row, or the 18th row? So I came up with this. I, I just went to the store, and I found this $10 hat. And it's this really weird-looking hat, and I put it on. And, and so he's up on stage. He's doing about the third song, and he points at me and makes a funny face, and he's like, ah-ha, I see you in the hat. But what I noticed in the meantime is about 25 people were coming after me asking me about the hat and what it meant. Exactly. It's a conversation starter. It makes you look different than everyone else. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, up until you, when you told me about you wearing the hat and the name tag, I didn't even – it didn't really click for me what that hat was doing for me. And I noticed that whenever right. I went to other shows or whenever I saw some of those same people again, the question was always, where's your hat, man? You got a hat? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something funny. On my Twitter profile, on my LinkedIn profile, someone who had met me at the Jeffrey Hazlett event said, why doesn't your photo use the hat? She goes, your persona is the hat. Use a picture with the hat. So I did a new photo, and in all my photos now I'm wearing the hat. Because I want to, and she had a good point, I have to be consistent in my branding. Right, 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 because you're recognized by the hat. So I'm recognized, absolutely, yes. Exactly. And, so what I'd like to do now, Jeff, is, is like, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't, I didn't oh, realize well, you were going to I didn't mean to step on your toes there, Adam. But I was going to say, now it becomes a game on the show. Like Nancy Duarte from Duarte Design had like a funny hat when she came on the show. Jeffrey Hazlett wore a cowboy hat. You know, it's just become part right. of the show. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, have you ever thought about maybe doing like a, uh, a coolest hat contest or funniest hat contest or something like that? Like, you know, mail in the picture of you wearing the most creative hat you'd come up with? I think that's a wonderful idea. Yeah. Do a contest. Yeah. 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 yeah that, that, would way, that would be a way to light up your social media. Yeah. 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 It'd be a way to light up your social media, like your fan page and such things. Exactly. Yes. So, yeah. Good. Great. All right, so what I'd like to do now is I'd like to start to turn the key a little bit in terms of how we unlock the door to being famous and getting to meet and hang out with really cool people. Now, a key issue that pretty much all of our listeners face, and you know, I face too as a business owner, and I'm sure that you do to a certain degree as well, although you have it mastered a lot more than a lot of other people, is how do you meet top business experts and other famous people? whether it's leaders in their industry, celebrities, or whatever. I mean, how does one go about meeting these people? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I'll just give you a couple examples of, of how I did it. You know, like Chris Brogan is a very well-known guy, and he's, uh, he's written a lot of books, and he's done a lot of keynote speaking. And one time I got an email from him, and he's sitting in Dubai. He's sipping coffee, and he's enjoying himself. It's a blog post I got. So it said, you know, like, click here to send me a note and to, to talk to me. So I clicked the link, and I said, Chris, I hope you're enjoying the coffee. 
And I said, I hope your new book is flying off the shelves. And he said, well, the coffee's great, but the book is new, and it's not exactly flying off the shelves yet. And I said, well, Chris, I might be able to help you. I've got a very popular syndicated show, which authors go on all the time, and uh, you could come on my show and promote your book. And he said, Jeff, that's wonderful. I'd love to do that. Okay, now I just hooked up with Chris Brogan. But, the, but before that, I had to have the popular syndicated show. I had something to offer him. Yes. Yes, I think so that's a pretty important point. And, yeah, you, exactly. You've got to create something of value to them before you even start. There's one lesson for everyone. Right, right. In other words, don't go into the conversation naive with nothing in your hands because if you have nothing to offer and nothing that can help them, why should they really listen to you? Because they have 100 people beating down their door who do have something to offer them. Exactly. Exactly, Adam. You're absolutely right. right. You've got to have something to offer them. Great, great, great. So that's one thing. What else? Yeah, well, I was just going to – yeah, the other thing is you've got to be absolutely fearless. You can't be afraid of rejection. You know, I, and you've got to be creative. I mean, I booked the senior vice president and chief marketing officer of General Electric. I didn't call her, and I never sent her an email. I booked her 100% through Twitter. Really? How would you do that? Well, um, I, you know, I found something she tweeted, and I replied to it, and then we, she started following me, and then I invited her to be on the show, and she tweeted me back to want to learn about the show, and I told her about it. And, you know, so we went back and forth, and finally I, I said, you know, would you like to do it? She said, absolutely. So, yeah. Nice. So you've got to be creative. Nice. Now, what I'd like to pull out about both of these approaches you just did is, and correct me if I'm wrong, it didn't actually cost you any money specifically to make that approach. I mean, certainly, you're investing in your business, you're investing in your marketing, you're investing in your social media to create the vehicles to enable you to reach people like this, but actually reaching out to them and getting connected with them, unless you tell me otherwise, that didn't actually cost you any money, did it? It didn't cost me any money. What cost me money was creating a logo for the show. That cost a little bit of money. Uh, right. <laughs> so I have spent very, very little money to do this, although it has been a massive amount of work, Adam, and it's taken yeah. a very long time. So it's taken right. a major commitment, uh, but not monetary. Right, right. I know hosting the Business Creators Radio Show, it's actually a very easy, very fun exercise, but it can be time-consuming at times. And part of it is not so much finding people to be on the show, because we have people lined up to be on the show, which is kind of interesting because we've barely been on the air two months. Uh, but the real time spent on this is just figuring out where they're going to fit in the sequence, getting everybody booked in to slots every Tuesday, and then the usual preparation, which is getting the post up on the website, uh, preparing the interview questions and things like that. So a lot of the time that goes into it is actually logistical in nature. And plus, when I formulate the questions for the interviews, I study the person. I go check them out on social media. I visit their websites. I read some articles that they've written, and I sort of get a sense of what the essence of their message is because I really want to help their true brilliance shine and for them to get the most out of the experience. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, first of all, people need to have a, a, a build a great presence, and they need to create YouTube videos and be on Twitter and be on Facebook and be on LinkedIn. So when people start looking for you, they start finding you. I mean, just as something as simple as having your photo on your LinkedIn profile, for God's sake, put a photo out there, a recent photo. You know, you gotta, you got to be findable, and people have to be able to research you. So that's, that's one tip for your audience, too is make yourself easy to find. Right, right. And that's a great lesson for everybody who's listening who still doesn't quite understand why you have to be present on social media, why you have to be persistently consistent with the emails you send to your opt-in subscribers, why you have to play on social media and be a social friendly person, so to speak. It's because that's how people find you and that's how people see what type of person you really are. I mean, I know that in terms of a lot of the contacts that I get and a lot of the connections I make, it's because somebody saw me somewhere or somebody reached out somewhere. And I'm noticing lately, and this really seems to have kicked in a lot since I started the radio show, is I'm getting some people who have been sort of on my bucket list of people I'd like to meet, somebody, people I'd like to connect with who are actually some pretty big names. And all of a sudden I'm getting Facebook friend requests and LinkedIn connection requests from these people. And I'm thinking, I never reached out to them. I'd like to, but I never have. So here they are sending me a friend request, sending me a connection request. They're hearing of me and want to connect with me. This is pretty dagnab and cold. I agree with you. And I've been at it a lot longer than you have, Adam. I've been doing about two years. And it's amazing how people come out of the word work. I mean, this I, I Joe Paluzzi of the Content Marketing Institute was on the show. Yeah. And some... Some young girl in South Africa is such a fan of Joe Paluzzi. She asked me if yeah. she could share it on a bunch of other social networks. And I said, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I've never met this girl, and she lives in South Africa. You know? it's, but people come out of the woodwork, you know, when you start doing this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm certainly a fan of Joe Paluzzi as well. I met him at Blog World LA in 2011. He and I had a real nice conversation, and uh, yep. you know, we'd like to have him on Business Creators Radio at some point. Uh, I have a connection to him. We're, you know, we're going to reach out. We're going to try and get him on the show as well. But, sure. yeah, absolutely. People like Joe Paluzzi is somebody who is really worth connecting with. And to Joe's credit, he's a very accessible, reachable guy. If you – and, you know, people like him, if you have something to offer him that's of value, he will give you something of value in return. So, I mean, he's, he's very much a believer in reciprocity, and he gives as good as he gets. So I will certainly always have plenty of good things to say about Joe Paluzzi. Yeah, and Adam, one thing I want to say specifically for your audience, what can you offer Joe Paluzzi? Well, just remember, yeah. Joe writes books. He just came out with a book called Epic Content Marketing. So if you yeah. write a blog and you offer to do a book review for him, you offer to post a review on Amazon for him, now you've got something to offer him. He wants to promote his book. If you help him promote his book, you're doing something to help him. So, you know, most of the guests on my show, my show has become the author show. Someone comes out with a new marketing or sales book, they contact me. They, I get books like you would not believe. <laughs> I haven't paid right. for a book in two years. But it's because authors come on my syndicated show to promote their books. Well, it just becomes a natural where authors all talk to each other, and it just grows and grows and grows if you keep at it. Exactly. 
All right. I'm going to put myself on the line here a little bit because I'm going to tell the story for our listeners just very briefly. The way you and I got connected is, uh, I mean, it's possible that we connected before this, but the first time you really jumped on my radar screen, Jeff, is one morning I was checking my email and I noticed that we got a request from the Business Creators Radio Show website, and you request you could be a guest on our show. Now, I think I've heard of you once or twice, but, I mean, this is the first time you really jumped on my radar screen, so I just have to ask, and, you know, and if it turns out that I forgot something, then I'll stand corrected. But how did you hear of me, and what drove you to request to be on my show? Well, I did a sales lead management radio recently, Adam, with Jim Obermeyer, and uh, okay. And it went really well, and the show was really popular, and I was talking to – I formed a board of advisors for my show, and one of them is uh, Jennifer Fleming from Tallgrass PR. That's Jeffrey Hazlett's PR company. And she yeah. said, well, you did that radio show. Maybe you should do some other radio shows. So I started doing a Google search to find out you know, what looked, looked, looked like impressive radio shows, and I saw yours, and it looked very impressive, and it was very – so I said, I think – that might be a good one to go on. So I reached out to you, and I, that's how it got started. You know, I wanted to do another radio show, especially because it's such a popular topic. I mean, who doesn't yes. want to become famous and meet really cool people? I mean, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I, I understand completely. And, yeah, I think that's, that's very good, and thanks for sharing that with me. I wanted to sure. really just sort of get a sense of how things worked. And, and if you listen to what Jeff said, and this was not a planted question, I really just, as of this moment, uh, you know, Jeff, you could please verify for me this was not on the list of original questions. I just came up with this right now. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I just, it just occurred to me to ask this, actually. And when you listen to Jeff's answer, you heard how it was just a chain of events that led to me. He, you know, had the board and somebody on the board recommended he get on more internet radio shows. So he conducted a Google search. So now you're seeing where many of the common practices you're supposed to be engaging in for effective internet marketing and being persistently consistent with your website conversion conversation all came into play. So a series of events led him to conduct a Google search and my website came up on it. And because my website is organized the way it is, it created a certain cachet and it created a certain impression that was very favorable and uh, yeah, I mean not to pat myself on the back too much but you're not exactly the first person who's made those types of comments about businesscreatorsradioshow.com we put a lot of effort into the website to make it as powerful as it is uh, it's a pretty yeah, simple straightforward website you, but we put a lot yeah. of time into it I agree with you and I think that the combination of I have a mentor, right, that advises me, so that's something I did. And then once I got there, I found something that looked very professional, which means you, you have to look at the big picture of how everything fits together. And I think for your audience, that's very important. Uh, think yes. of how, how do I get found, and then when they find me, will they find something impressive? Right. Right. Okay. So that's awesome. Now – you know, some of the, the stuff that you've told me on this show so far are things that I never even thought of when it comes to getting famous and meeting really cool people. So uh, this question may sound somewhat redundant, but, you know, you may be able to share something with us on this because people are thinking, well, this might take forever, and this is going to take me a lot of time, and 
and I'm going to start putting forth effort, and maybe in five years I can make a connection that's valuable to me. Realistically, Jeff, how long does it usually take to meet famous people, to meet these top business experts in our field that we all want to connect with? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Adam. And no, it doesn't take five years, but it doesn't happen overnight either. I mean, I think you're going to be, have to be at it at least, say, six to nine months before you're going to start getting real traction. And I think, too, one thing I want to share with you is, is how I learned, how it all got started, and then kind of how it came about, if I could just uh, interject a little here. It, the whole thing started when I, I did a webinar for a company called Acton Software. They're in the Northwest. And I was a marketing sure. expert, and I reached out to their VP of marketing. I said, let's do a webinar together. And he said, sure. So we did a webinar, and I promoted it extensively. And his name was David Applebaum. And he, he rang me up, and he said, Jeff, you did a great job on that webinar. He said, I'd like to do phase two with you. And I said, well, David, that sounds great. What is phase two? And he said, I want to create an online TV show, and I want you to host it for us. And that become, became something called Mad Marketing TV. And they, all I did was interview people. And I didn't wear a hat, and it only ran on YouTube, and it ran on Acton's blog. So it wasn't very widely distributed. There was no call to action in it. So I did that for about nine months. And then David left, and a new CMO came in, and he cut back on it. And I was talking to some, a friend of mine who runs a, a business up in Boston, and he said, well, you did everything. He goes, create your own show. You don't need Acton Software. So that became Marketing Made Simple TV. But what I did is I took all the lessons that I had learned in the first version and created a much better version. So in Marketing Made Simple TV, where the original show ran only on YouTube and Acton's blog, I started publishing to the show site, to Social Media Club, to Social Media Today, to Business to Community, to SlideShare, to Customer Think. Um, it just, it got, <laughs> that's how it reaches an audience of over 2 million people every week. In addition, I put calls to action in the show. So you're watching a show, you have an offer from a sponsor, let's say, where you just click a button in the show and you go to, to get that particular offer in the show. So that's one of the ways we get sponsors on the show. So what I did is through things like syndication and calls to action in the show, I made version two so much better than version one. Okay. Right. So I think that's part of where it takes time, right? You figure out how to mm -hmm. make it better and better. Sure. See, with Business Creators Radio Show, I had had the plan for – I don't know. I want to say maybe about nine months uh, actually elapsed between when I first came up with the idea and when we launched our very first episode. And it's kind of funny how it worked. We had the thing almost ready to go at the beginning of 2013. Then a couple other opportunities came up that uh, kind of, I don't want to say distracted, but sort of took me in a new direction for a few months. And then around like August, like late August, I decided that, you know what, maybe we really should maybe we really should get this thing going once and for all. So I went back to the website we were working on, businesscreatorsradioshow.com. I reminded myself of what the gaps were that we still needed to fill. And one of the big ones was we wanted this to be podcast on iTunes. So I went back and I realized that where I'd left off back in January was figuring out how to get it plugged into iTunes. And I found a course that was called Podcast Crusher, and I watched module one of that course. It explained step-by-step step how to link WordPress to iTunes, how to 
request a channel on iTunes and everything else. And so I went through the process and then I submitted the feed and then I read the documentation that said, you know, it's probably going to take about two to three weeks for iTunes to sign off on you. So now I'm thinking, okay, so I got another two weeks. I can, you know, think about this. I can start to work on things. I can start to, you know, create a short list of people who I want on my show. Okay. Then the very next day I get an email from iTunes that says your feed has been approved. Now, the funny wow. thing about iTunes, the funny thing about iTunes is the way their algorithms work is once they approve your podcast, you essentially have about 30 days to prove that your podcast is valuable if you ever want to achieve any realistic rank on iTunes and increase the chances you'll be a featured podcast or really just get any traction on iTunes using that particular podcast. So we went straight from, well, we'll get started with this after Labor Day to Okay, we need an episode up now. Mm. So literally, the very next day, I went to my collection of teleseminar recordings. I picked three of the ones that I thought were really good, and I put them up there immediately as quote-unquote greatest hits recordings. So I could immediately what? get some valuable content in that, in that feed. And then I found the very first person who was willing to do an interview who would be relevant to my audience and got them booked for that Tuesday. And we just, you know, hit the turbo button on the marketing machine and got that thing going right away. So sometimes that's how it works. It can turn into a little bit of hurry up and wait, as I've discovered. Sure, yes. There is some of that, of, of the hurry up and wait. But yeah, but you're right. If you invest the time to figure out, okay, how do you get WordPress to connect to iTunes, right? You have to do some work like that. You have to do research. For me, it was, how do I create, how do I take a YouTube video and attach a call to action to it? And, you know, right. I started Googling it and searching it, and I found a really good tool that enables me to do it. So, um, yeah, so I can get data once I, and once I syndicate, how do I get data across all these sites to, uh, to offer to sponsors where I figured out an answer to that. But, I mean, it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time, and you have to do a lot of research. Well, yeah, you have to do research, and you have to make sure that your processes and systems are in place. We spent a lot of time figuring out the step-by-step process to get an episode set up, get it on the website, get it on Blog Talk Radio, and then after it's done, get the recording down, get it edited, get it up uh, so it can go onto iTunes, where it's pretty streamlined now. We put a lot of effort into simplifying all of this. The video documentation explains how to do it. Those videos put together are about 40 minutes, even though it's about a 15-minute process altogether. But we really spent a lot of time on it because we really wanted to be clear and to have the institutional legacy. So aside from everything we've talked about so far, Jeff, what would you say are some of the unexpected keys to success? when it comes to becoming famous? Yeah, I think one of the keys to success is being patient. I mean, when I I started the first episode in May of 2012 of Marketing Made Simple TV, and I said I think about the only person who watched it was my mom. But I kept doing it. See, one of the things things that Joe Paluzzi said on Marketing Made Simple TV, he said one of the biggest things, biggest mistakes people make in content marketing is this. They stop doing it. You right. can't stop the, your radio show, Adam. I don't stop marketing Made Simple TV. I keep doing it, and I keep doing it. And the, the growth is incremental. Every week it grows a little bit. But like a I've dripping that faucet, too. yeah, you can fill a bathtub in a month, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's just a little bit all the time. You know, it's that, 
that flywheel that turns faster and faster, and it just grows bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like while you weren't watching it, you're like, oh, my God, you had Joe Kawasaki on your show. You had Daniel Pink on your show. It's like, oh, my God. I, sometimes I look about, like, how did I get those people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're just amazed. It's like your kids just grew up overnight, and you did, weren't even watching, you know? It's right. pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and 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 it does happen that way sometimes. Like I have a I have a a, a young kitten here uh, named Batman, and I was looking at her just the other day, and I realized, you know, you don't look so much like a kitten anymore. What happened all of a sudden? Right. Exactly. I mean, I mean, we are we feeding you too well, or what is it? But I mean, all of a sudden, she doesn't really have that kitten look to her anymore. She's gotten longer when you pick her up, and then even when you look at her, she just looks and feels more like a cat than a kitten. And it's just sort of like happened right. overnight. I mean, I remember just a couple weeks ago being able to hold her in one hand, and now it's like, what are you? You're not a kitten anymore. What happened to that cute little kitten? Yeah, and you can't watch the cat grow, but, you know, you look yeah. away for a little while, and all of a sudden it's grown so much. And it's the same thing yes. with the things you're doing, whether it's a radio show or a TV show. You just keep doing it, and it just keeps growing. And you're right. not even aware of it, but you go back and look at what it was, and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe it grew so much. Yes, absolutely. So, all right, so what, so what else uh, would we think of as being some of the unexpected keys? Because, you know, I want to, you know, show people some additional possibilities uh, when it comes to becoming famous and meeting cool people. Well, one of the keys has got to be be utterly fearless. I mean, I can't tell you the importance of that. When I – when David Applebaum asked me to host Mad Marketing TV, I had never been on camera, and I had never interviewed people. So what did I say okay. to David? I said, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> 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 I was having breakfast with David Sable, the CEO of Young and Rubicom, and I was telling him that story, and he said, Jeff, one of the things I decided a long time ago is never say no to anything. <laughs> And that's good advice from a CEO. Never say no. When someone offers you something and you think, oh, maybe I can do it, maybe I can't, you say yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so that's one, expect, one lesson from there I think you learn is just be fearless. And, and even sure. like I think some people are intimidated about talking to, say, Guy Kawasaki or uh, Beth Comstock, the CMO of GE. You know, because they're big, you know, very rich, famous people. But, you know, they're just people. You know, and they, they have their own thing. They want to get the word out about what they're doing. They want to promote their books. Guy Kawasaki has a new book. He wants to promote it. So you've got something of value to offer him. You're on a peer with, with him, you know. He's got 1.3 right. million Twitter followers. I've got like 6,000. So, you know, I'm not on a peer. I'm not a peer with Guy in reality. But you have to think like you are. Yeah. And, th and think about what do people, guys like you and I, for instance, or people at our level or even maybe a couple levels above us or below us, what do we have to offer Guy Kawasaki right now? I mean, we have potential outlets to help him launch a book. We have the opportunity to provide reviews for his books. I mean, even though he's Guy Kawasaki, every time he releases a book, he needs reviews and he needs sales to be a bestseller. Yeah, I, I agree with you. If you're willing to help people promote their books, um, they will jump through hoops for you. Because most people yeah. are lazy. You know, most people don't 
very few people actually write comments on blogs, thoughtful right. comments, you know, and just doing little things like that, you know, writing book reviews. Authors love that. Bloggers love comments on their blog. If you just do that little bit extra, then people will recognize you. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 how and it's really not that hard to write comments on blogs. Uh, I mean, sometimes it's just as simple as looking at what they wrote, you know, identifying one of the points that you really liked that they wrote, and then adding your own two cents to it. I mean, sometimes it's that simple. I comment on a lot of blogs, and sometimes it really is just as simple. Somebody will write like the five ways to increase your website conversions. And then I'll say, I'll say point number three. You know, I really like point number three, and here's why. Just say something like that. I mean, you've made a valuable content. What you add to it adds to the conversation, and you go on record as supporting them and what they're doing. Uh, even though it's a small gesture, it's one that's going to stand out. Yes, because all bloggers read their comments, and they appreciate yeah. people who write thoughtful comments. Um, right. People who write comments on blogs say, well, maybe not. I mean, I'll give you an example. Uh, Forbes has the ability for, uh, for blog authors to call out comments um, on right. their blog. I, I write a lot of blog, uh, comments on Forbes, uh, on Forbes on various articles. 100% of them get called out by the authors <laughs> because mm -hmm. I take the time, I carefully read the article, and I write a thoughtful response. And, oh, by the way, I always mention I'm the creator and host of Marketing Made Simple TV, and I put a link right. to the show back in, in the comment. Bingo, I go look at Marketing Made Simple TV, and I look at all the inbound traffic from Forbes. <laughs> right, because right, people right. read the comment and say, "What the heck is marketing made simple TV?" And they click the link. You just got free advertising. Exactly. And let me make a quick point about advertising. What I really like about doing online radio shows and online TV shows is sometimes you end up coming up with insights you weren't even originally planned. But I wanted to put this out there too. Uh, you make a very interesting point. This is something that's kind of a sticking point for me about you know commenting on blogs. Now. If you put a link back to your website, that's usually just perfectly fine. I mean, some bloggers or some blog networks will get really you know, uppity about, uh, well, that's an ad or that's trying to steal our traffic or something like that. But there's a couple of things I want to point out. Many websites are WordPress, and even a lot of blogs that aren't WordPress still have this functionality where when it asks you to you know, identify yourself when you're filling out the comment and it asks, you to put in your website, which is optional, put in your website because that will generate a backlink to your website right there. And if and you know, and in most cases, doing something like you know, just adding your signature to the end of the comment or something like that with a link back to your website, that most of the time that's going to be generally approved. Now, where I see the fine line come in, and I, I've had people try and put comments on my blog, which I actually have not approved because it was quite clear that what they were really doing is putting a very thinly disguised commercial for their own services on there. No, you don't do that. What you do exactly. is yeah. comment on something that's valuable. So you read these articles on Forbes very carefully, right? And exactly. They get called yeah. out by the author because you add value. So for the amount of value you're adding to their website conversion conversation, they're more than happy to let you have a link back. And because you added so much value to that conversation, rather than use it as a platform to hawk your own product and services, people are actually going to be more likely to say, hey, what is this marketing made simple TV? 
this guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Let's check him out. You're absolutely right. And it gets back to what Jay Bear uh, said, uh, and I wrote a blog post about this, is stop selling, start helping. So people yeah. respond not to sales pressures, but helping people. So if you think about helping that blogger promote their blog post, all of a sudden that blogger wants to help you, and yes. they will promote you. So by helping other people, people respond to you. Yeah, it's a great, I mean, so it's I a great way a to great build a difference. relationship. Yeah, I, I remember one time. Yeah, I remember one time. This is a couple years ago. Is uh, I'm a I'm a member of Robert Kiyosaki's fan page, and one time he posted some sort of comments where he was asking a question. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I think he made some kind of cutesy thing at the end, or the people that run it for him did, or whatever. And they said that the uh, first person to leave a comment wins a no prize, or something like that. So. Just luck, luck that I was, that I had, I was the first person to leave that comment. And the comment that I left got, I think, something like 10 or 11 replies. And the, mm -hmm. next thing you, the next thing you know, I start to see people messaging me on Facebook or sending me friend requests, and in a couple of cases even sending me emails. And I did not say anything about my own business. I mean, the only way they even knew who I was is because I posted it through Facebook, so it linked to my Facebook profile, which, of course, has my about information on it and such. But because sure. they liked what I wrote on Robert Kiyosaki's fan page in response to what he was talking about, they perceived me as somebody worth checking out. I didn't have to say anything about what I do for a living. I think that's, that's, you, that's a secret sauce, Adam. That's, that yeah. is it. You know, let your – Jill Conrath once said is let your signature file do the heavy lifting, you know, and that's – she's absolutely right. You know, if you have a signature file with links back to, you know, valuable content and you don't throw yourself, you don't, you're not pitchy in your email message, you just let people click your links and let them stand by themselves. Yeah. Yeah, so give, you know, so give them a reason – to see you as somebody they perhaps should get to know a little bit, and they will find their own reasons to do so. I think that's going to be, if they're, of all the unexpected keys to success, I think that's the one that's really going to jump out. I agree with that. Absolutely. Yes. All right. So I got a curveball for you here if you're ready. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Yeah. Here's a curveball for you. Just yesterday I was on Facebook, and I heard somebody recommend that like, let's say that there's somebody you look up to or somebody you admire and you have the chance to meet them, that perhaps you should consider avoiding it because what if you and that person don't hit it off or what if they say or do something that sort of shatters your perception of them and then it's like your, your hero becomes your fallen idol and then, you know, what do you believe in at that point? I mean, how do you handle this? Because uh, I think what this really speaks to is sort of a fear out there that what if, you know, what if the person doesn't measure up or what, I, what if I don't measure up when I'm going out there meeting famous people and hanging out with cool people? But, I, you know, I think, Adam, that goes back to being fearless. You know, you can't okay. worry about what ifs. You can't worry about if this person doesn't measure up or um, what you, you know, someone once said, uh, you know, who is one of the worst guests that was on Marketing Made Simple TV? And I don't throw any guests under the bus, so I'm not going to mention his name. 
but okay. he was rather arrogant and self-important uh, on the show. And we both thought of the exact same person. He's absolutely famous. He's written tons of books, and every and he's uh, he's he's very he's a keynote speaker. He's done all kinds of things. But he was rather full of himself. Uh, but so you know, but. That's okay. You know, you, you don't air your d- dirty laundry in public. You don't throw anyone under the bus. You don't say any negative things about anyone. And then and you'll be fine. Right. Right. A- ab- absolutely. I, I mean, and I, and I think what this person was speaking to is, you know, what if you find yourself potentially having your 15 minutes of fame? Or another thing that could happen is let's say you – find yourself all of a sudden in the presence of this famous person you really wanted to meet or this thought leader you really wanted to connect with or this business leader who could who you feel could be really helpful if you could get them to pay attention to you and you could build some sort of alliance with them. And what if you meet them and then your mind goes blank and you don't know what to say? Sure. But I'll give you one little story here, Adam. I was at the Tampa airport um, when, when I was in sales, and I had just inked a major multi-million deal, dollar deal with the Home Chef Shopping Network. And I right. go to the Tampa airport, and there's a man sitting there reading a book called Lee's Generals on the Civil War, and I notice it's George Steinbrenner. And everyone in the, the terminal knew who George Steinbrenner was, and everyone's talking to each other, but nobody was talking to George. So okay. I'm a bit of a Civil War buff, and I asked him what he thought of the book. And then that just started a conversation between him and me. We sat together on the plane. Uh, <laughs> we wow. talked and talked. My wife is a huge Yankee fan. He talked to my wife on the phone. I mean, it's wow. just all I did is, and it all started by asking him about the book. That, That's all I did. And it that nailed it right there. All you did and all you did was you noticed something that seemed of interest to him on a personal level, and you asked him about it. Now, he could exactly. have not, not – Yeah, and for, and for reasons of his own, he could have, you know, just sort of brushed you off, or he could have just grumbled something, or he could have, like, answered your questions but in such a way that he made it clear that he was just being polite and he wished you left him alone. Now, maybe sure. that's not because he's a mean guy, but maybe he just wasn't in the mood for conversation. Or exactly. some, you know, some famous people. I didn't people. get those signals, right? Yeah. I was, I yeah. was in tune yeah. to that. And if it but happens, I didn't get it that. happens. It doesn't make yeah. them a bad person. Um, one example exactly. that, that's just pretty well known is, yeah. is William Shatner, by many accounts, if you walk up to him on the street and ask him for an autograph or something, he's going to growl at you until you go away. Sure. But at the same time, the people who go to the Star Trek conventions when he attends, Say he's the most fun guy there, and he's approachable and likable, and then he goes and hangs out with people right. afterwards and things like that. And I seem to remember somewhere somebody asked him about this and said in his Shatnerian way, well, it's basically true. When I'm out and about, it's because I'm spending time with my grandchildren. Uh, when you come to see me right. at the Star Trek convention, that's when I want to meet my fans. So just because you encounter somebody at the airport and they're mean to you doesn't make them a bad person. Maybe they were just trying to maintain a piece of their private life. So now you think about, you know, where do you meet famous people and how do you meet famous people? Right. Yeah, I think you have one of the keys, and you were just saying this, you do it with your radio show. You make up a list of people you'd like to have on your show, like Joe Peluzzi. Yeah. I have a list of people I'd like to have on 
my my uh, TV show. People like Malcolm Gladwell, Sir Richard Branson. You know, I've got I go for big big names a lot of times. So yeah, you know, because my show, I like you've been doing it two months. I've been doing it two years. I'm ready for the big time. So yeah, yeah. So I have a list, a master list that I use, and I keep updating it all the time. And that's what right. you have to do. If say, uh, you know, the people that, who are listening to this radio show, they have to make a list of who do they want to meet. Yeah. Who do you want to meet, and how do you meet them? Exactly. Yes. Well, first, of, first yeah. thing you have to do is figure out who you want to meet, and then figure out how can you meet them. <laughs> right. And sometimes the answers are pretty simple. Just one minute here, I'll tell you a real quick story for me and those of you who or on the show who know a thing or two about me, you've probably heard this story before. Um, when I was a young kid, uh, my, well, actually even to this day, my, my favorite song of all time is called Into the Night, and it was sang by a guy named Benny Mardonis. And I love this song so much. It's one of those ones where, you know, sometimes if it comes on the radio, even if you've heard it a thousand times, you stop flipping channels and you stop what you're doing and you listen to it through. Even if you have it on CD and on your MP3 player, you just listen to it anyway. Sure. Yeah, that was that what that song was for me. So about okay. six years ago, I was on hold on a tech support call, and that song, Into the Night, came on, came on the radio. Uh, they, they were piping in the local radio station. So I, I figured, okay, Benny Mardonis, I wonder what he's up to these days. So I Googled him, and then I found his website. I found his Facebook page. I found uh, a documentary about him. I found what, you know, some of the most recent albums he'd released and things along those lines. And I dived into it. Then I found out that every year around Christmas time, he does a dinner for his fans up in Syracuse, New York, which is where his fan base is mostly located. And okay. in 2007, I actually didn't go to that because I couldn't find anybody who knew who he was. And for some reason, I let that stop me. Now, in 2008, I'm thinking, you know what, I really got to go to this. So I just called up a buddy of mine and I said, hey, you want to go up to the Turning Stone Casino and Resort? and hear a concert by Benny Mardonis, and he said, who's Benny Mardonis? I said, he's a singer. Do you want to go? There's a fan dinner, too. And he said, oh, okay. So we went, and before the, event, before the dinner, I had the opportunity, because I had to call the production company because I had a question about my tickets, and I ended up having this hour-long conversation with the assistant producer. And so when I get to the event, I get to the networking function before the dinner, the producer comes up to me and he says, Adam, I don't know what you did, but you've been assigned to Benny's table for this event. So, wow. um, okay. So we, so when it's time to go into the dinner, um, you know, me and my buddy, we both got assigned to Benny's table and we get to Benny's table. It turns out that's only a table with eight chairs at it. And there are two seats open. One of which is at the opposite end of the table from Benny and the other is at his right hand. Okay. I have to admit, I cut my buddy off to get to the right hand seat. <laughs> <laughs> and he still owes me a butt whooping for that. Um, uh, but, um, but, here, but here's the thing. So I'm standing next to this open seat right next to Benny. I'm thinking, there is absolutely no way. There is no way this happens. So I even asked Benny. I said, uh, am I supposed to sit here? Do we have assigned seats? And in his own familiar way, he says, I, I don't know. Sit your ass down. That's good enough. 
<laughs> so I had my little 30-second speech prepared for him uh, when, you know, for the autograph session or whatever, but here I am. I used to sit next to him for 90 minutes now, and that conversation I had planned was 90 seconds. What do I do? Well, the thing right. is, when you're in that situation, you just do it. Uh, I'm very happy to report that Benny's become a great friend of mine since then, uh, and it's you know one of those things that kind of changes your life in certain ways. But, I mean, just look at all the things that just coincidentally lined up. And it was only a $75 fan dinner. It really wasn't that big a deal. But look how things can line up for you. You just have to be prepared for these things. But think about it. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. Uh, but when you find yourself in a situation, you just make it happen. Yeah, I think that's a great story. And, and, and I think it also goes to the point is, you know, you've got to ask people questions. People love to yeah. answer questions. So if you ask a famous person a question, uh, how did you do this, or how did you get started? I mean, I'm having breakfast with the CEO of Young and Rubicom. I asked him, you know, where did you grow up? Uh, how did you get started in this business? Everyone has a story. Just ask it. Right. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, you know what? This is some amazing stuff, and the time has just flown here. We have about three minutes left, actually. Now, Holy you mentioned at the cow, top of the hour yeah. that you're planning some amazing things for 2014, and I'm sure our listeners are on the edge of their seats. So could you just give us a quick preview of what folks can come to expect? Oh, yes. We're Marketing Made Simple TV. We're just going to keep cranking out the huge guests. We have a special Christmas show coming up on the 19th. Um, nice. We're, we're going to make a big deal out of Christmas this year. Um, you right. had a great idea of a hat contest, so I, I love that idea. We'll do that because I always wear All a right. hat on the show, and the guests on the show do a hat, so let's do a best hat contest with the new year. We've got a lot of fun things planned, and we're just going to make it better and better, and it's going to be bigger and bigger in 2014. Absolutely. That I, and I am going to be I'm going to be following those episodes as well because I'm really looking forward to see this as well. So uh, just, uh, you know, before we break off here, I want to remind everybody who's listening that if you go to businesscreatorsradioshow.com, every episode, whether it's upcoming or whether it's previous, is posted on the website. And with every episode, there's a link to an author profile where you'll have a link to that author's website or that guest, you know, that guest expert's website, their social media profiles and things along those lines. But, but Jeff, um, how would somebody get a hold of you if they had questions or wanted more information or felt that they uh, had something to offer that could potentially lead to a beneficial relationship? Sure. They can, first of all, they can go to www.marketingmadesimple.tv. That's the TV okay. show site. Um, right. I can be reached via email. It's really simple. Host at marketingmadesimple.tv. And they can follow me on Twitter at FearlessComp because I'm known as the Fearless Competitor. So it's just Fearless, C-O-M-P, FearlessComp. And I look forward to hearing from your guests on the show. I would love to hear from anyone who found me on Adam's Great Radio Show. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Jeff Ogden, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us today. I think we've learned a lot, and you've given me some things to think about, certainly. And I'm sure that our listeners, uh, you know, remember, just check this out on the podcast. Go to iTunes and search for Business Creators Radio Show and look for the episode called How to Become Famous and Meet Really Cool People. And make sure to listen to this a couple times and really take notes on what Jeff has shared with you today because there are some priceless gems on how to connect with these people that you really want to connect with, these famous people, and get to hang out with some really cool folks. So, Jeff, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure, Adam. 
And, and yep. all and of that for your uh, listeners. Absolutely. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Once again, just be sure to check out our upcoming episodes as well as our previous episodes and archive at businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Thank you very much for listening. Take care. Have a great day. We'll see you.